And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 57 today, uh, psilocybin and depression. Uh, You can check us out at uh, patreon.com backslash Mike and Maurice and check out our website, Mike and Maurice Mind Escape.com. Uh, our guest today is Lee Adams from taileaters.com. Check out that website as well. And uh, what's going on, Lee? Hey, how's it going, guys? <clears throat> good, good. good. <laughs> See you again. Yeah, you too. Um, before, before we get started, uh, actually, I, I just thought of this last night. I was watching this documentary. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Third Eye Spies. Have you, have you heard of that? No, no. I haven't heard of that. Um, it's Russell Targ. Um, who you know from the sri remote viewing program uh it's a documentary about you know that whole program ingo swan uh joseph mcmonagold um all that stuff about remote viewing and um it's pretty interesting uh they go into some depth about like the government programs and what they were doing and um i highly recommend it you can get it on i think i watched it on youtube but it's I think it's on all platforms, but nice. uh, if, if you like that subject at all, I highly recommend checking that out because it's probably okay, the best, cool. yeah, probably the best thing I've seen on it. So, all right, um, so I've been thinking a lot lately about. The, I know this is a popular subject, uh, psychedelic therapy for people that have, um, you know, depression, anxiety issues, that kind of stuff. Um, and how much of a push there is for it right now, because I think what you're seeing is, um, the pharmaceutical industry really has, I mean, yeah, some of those SSRIs and different, you know, antipsychotic pills and, you know, your, your Xanaxes and all that stuff, you know, can definitely help somebody, you know, but I don't think it's like a long-term, um, effective, thing you know i think it's just a quick a a quick fix you know like hey i'm freaking out i need something right now this is going to help me and even some of the ssris like zoloft or lexapro um yeah they help people for sure i'm not debating that but i think when you look at humans we're all different right so i think there's this whole subset of people where some of these you know prescriptions and drugs don't have you know i guess I mean, it, it, I know some people that have had positive effects, but I don't think it, like I said, like a long-term positive effect. So, I mean, Lee, you've had some, you know, depression issues and stuff and you were in the military. So why don't you talk about, um, you know, from that standpoint, did you ever take anything conventional? And if so, did it work or did it work for a little bit or? Yeah. Um, well, I, I had pretty uh, much chronic depression for a good portion of my life from uh, probably, you know, age from as far as I can remember to um, about 25 years old, maybe around there. Um, and I, I have talked about this before, but um, I got involved in psychedelics and stuff like that because of um, I was trying to understand sleep and not really trying to cure anything. I wasn't trying to heal. I didn't even understand that aspect of the psychedelics. I mean, this is like uh, 15 years ago or so. So there wasn't, you know, much focus on that at the time it was more you know trip out have a good experience kind of thing or you know expand right. your mind so um but before that i my 
luckily, you know, for me, um, and unluckily, I guess my mom kind of ignored my depression as just being, you know, like, um, being down or something like that, you know, not really like something that was a big deal to her, which, um, she kept me away from pharmaceutical drugs because of that, which really, I think could have had a long-term negative effect on me. Um, if I went down that road, but, um, at the same time, you know, ignoring something like that is not probably the best solution. So, um, she's very religious. So in, in that sense, you know, she, she kind of counted on uh, her religious practices to be more helpful towards me than um, maybe, you know, a psychologist or something like that. Um, but I did go to counseling, things like that for um, my parents, they were, they were divorced and things like that. So um, kind of understood at least some concept of reflecting on personal issues in that sense. But um, it wasn't really until, um, you know, my experiences with ayahuasca um, that I started kind of realizing that there was some underlying causes to the depression that popped up versus like um, what, um, you know, typically people think uh, as just like a chemical imbalance or something like that that would cause people to have these things. Um, and over a period of time, um, my depression did go away. And um, I think that was because primarily the um, the effects of the psychedelic allowed me to kind of communicate internally to the issues that were um, really causing me the anxieties and the confusion um, that was in my mind that really um, I don't even fully understand today, you know, like um, what, what the underlying mechanism was of the depression. But I think um, through having those experiences, it built a, um, a better communication network in internally that allowed me to kind of um, move past it or to at least reassemble those aspects of myself that were broken, broken into pieces kind of. So like if you if you know anything about like um, I'm reading a lot of young Jungian psychology and stuff like that recently and um, he pretty much uh, says that many of these aspects are archetypal functions of the psyche and that um, memories and childhood um, desires and things like that that follows along are actual fractal versions of our of our consciousness and that reassembling these fractal versions into ourselves we can kind of uh, become more whole again. So um, I think in a way, uh, psychedelics are, you know, we know scientifically it shuts down the default mode network. But um, I think what that means is it allows for the unconscious, the conscious to start communicating on a different level that typically is not there for whatever reason. And, you know, shuts down the ego, takes that out of place, and then allows for the communication barrier to break down, which is the, I think has to do with the ego. And then um, that communication takes place and then we're able to kind of reassemble ourselves into like a more whole version of ourselves. Um, I know you mentioned that, um, you know, the um, long-term effects or the short-term effects of um, pharmaceuticals. And I know that, you know, uh, we didn't really talk about what the mechanism is of psychedelics that are, causing real change, but um, recently talked to, a couple months ago, I talked to Rick Strassman, um, DMT spirit molecule guy, and he uh, he really um, kind of hit home something that I kind of, I, I started 
agreeing with is that psychedelics are super placebos. So if you go in with the intention to kind of want to heal yourself or want to change something, um, that's what you're going to kind of get. So that's why, I mean, there's so much focus on healing and um, processing these experiences and stuff like that. You kind of get it. You kind of get that out of, out of it. So, I mean, internally, um, you know, in reflecting in my past um, with depression and the struggle I had with that, in an unconscious level, I probably had the desire to reassemble myself and to get past the depression and obviously affected my life. So it's not something that I enjoyed to have. So in taking psychedelics, the super placebo effect came out and um, the healing mechanism that I so much desired to reunite my um, consciousness, pretty much, you know, the sense of self together, um, kind of activated and took place. So, um, I wouldn't say that it works for everyone because of that, because they don't have the desire or the unconscious or conscious, uh, will to actually heal. So they may take psychedelics and not get any benefit from it. But for the ones that really set an intention to heal and understand at least some concepts of what the process of healing is through reflection and integration, um, that it probably, you know, would help someone. Just my personal views, though. So you touched on, <clears throat> excuse me, you touched on um, default uh, mode network. So mm-hmm. um, why don't we explain that? Because I don't think a lot of people even know what that is. It's where your what your brain goes into uh, when you're doing any type of mind-altering substance you know whether it's smoking weed or doing a psychedelic um, does your ego come out more does it come out less i know you put that thing up a while ago about uh, marijuana and it being feeding more into the ego when you're in default mode Um, i I had contradicting opinions on that necessarily to the scientific paper but just the effects that like i like we said at the beginning of this podcast or i said uh everything hits everybody differently so if i take an edible and i have a psychedelic um experience where i can take something away from it somebody else might not have that same experience or it might just be more recreational i don't think really people think about weed or marijuana in a um psychedelic way even though i i mean anybody that's done an edible at a high dose knows that it's as psychedelic as anything else so oh yeah um but the default mode network um is interesting because you do go somewhere else when you do these substances um you know maurice and i definitely did a lot of stuff back in the day and experimented with a lot of things um in the psychedelic realm but when we when i look back um some of the most intense whether you know i think there was one time um college where we ate like or i did uh like an eight gram dose and it was it was intense um but i think even back then i wasn't as informed or um enlightened on the subject as i am today so when i look back i think yeah i was learning stuff but i wasn't learning stuff from the standpoint of i I'm going into this going to learn stuff, if that makes sense. You know, like it was something that you would take like, man, I need to get my life in order. The the, the substance actually does um, put you in a different like 
and it's not even like a panic like oh my gosh i gotta get this done you know my life's going to shit or anything like that but it's just like you look at what you're doing and it almost motivates you to become a better person when it's done and when you're done and you come out of it it's this like relieving feeling like you just had a serious workout or you just you know whatever had had an intense experience you know um and you don't want to do it again for a while or at least that was my experiences with it like you know you do it you wouldn't want to do it for a while a few more months you know or half a year rolls by hey that's cool let's try that again you know <laughs> so it was one of those things but why don't you talk about the default mode a little bit um before we jump into some of the more um you know breakdowns of how, how these things can help people sure man um well, I'm not a scientist or anything like that, but you're I've, not. Oh man, I've we read, gotta cut this off right now. I've read some stuff, you know, just like everyone else. Um, I generally re try to read like research articles that are peer reviewed that um, come out of like um, respectable journals, so not just like a normal, you know, average journal that um, publishes a bunch of weird stuff on quantum, you know, physics or something like that. And yeah. in light of spirituality or anything like that so i try to go to good sources and um one of the good sources i found talked about default mode network and um, its relationship to the ego and um pretty much in the the description of what the ego is and the default mode network they line up 100 percent. so like um anything that you typically think of as ego it's the normal operation of the brain which is the brain's default mode that it's networked, you know. So psychedelics alter the default mode that your brain is typically operating in, and that's the network that it's eventually shutting down or altering, and um, that's in line with ego. So um, in that sense, like uh, ego is the you know, and default mode network have to do with memory, um, time, um, concept of time. Um, concept of self, um, things like that. So, um, and if you look up a lot of stuff on, um, it's kind of a side tangent, but if you look up a lot of stuff on um, Alzheimer's uh, disease and stuff like that, it uh, greatly affects the default mode network. And it makes sense because they're essentially losing their sense of self, time, and memory. So, um, you know, in, in older people, also the default mode network changes over time and gets. Uh, weaker and so you would say ego also gets weaker over time as well so you kind of become more childlike in a sense you um you lose you lose a sense of self you know essentially um so that that's kind of like the the overall idea of what default mode network is and then um it was just an idea um and and there is evidence in some of these journals talking about default mode network strengthening after use of psychedelics or medication that affects certain um, chemical processes in the brain that also are affected by um, psychedelics. And these um, increase the strength of the default mode network after use. So essentially, um, if you put the two together and it make logical sense, that um, psychedelics do actually, um, not all, you know, every one of them is different and they are obviously going to strengthen the default mode network in different ways because this is a, this isn't just like one system. I mean, it's a series of different pieces of the brain and operations taking place, but essentially you will strengthen 
the ego or default mode network through the use of psychedelics. So um, it does kind of make sense because meaning the um, things, the side effects of like psilocybin and stuff like that is like increased memory, capability, um, uh, awareness of self, um, sense of times and stuff like that. Um, also, eh, it's just an observation for interacting with people that have used a lot of psychedelics. Um, they kind of have a, um, one thing that's really apparent to me is this, um, the, the sense, uh, it's not a sense, it's the absence of sense of space. So they, they will get really close to you and personal, you know, like really um, kind of not really uh, have a sense of like personal space. Their like boundaries are, or yeah, the bubbles are really small. So um, it's just really common between people that have used a lot of psychedelics that they kind of get really close and personal with you. And um, to me, that I mean, that's just one uh, indication that something something is different, you know. And I um, I kind of attribute that to this sense that maybe um, their default mode network has changed slightly, and their their sense of self has become stronger to the point that they don't realize that other people, you know, are their own entity in a way and that they're, um, they're kind of getting confused in a, in a sense. So there, I mean, um, is that scientifically proven or anything? No, but, um, it is scientifically proven that default mode, uh, default mode network is strengthened through the use of psychedelics over time. And it's also proven that the default mode network because of how they describe the default mode network is essentially the ego. So um, that's kind of how I got to the conclusion that um, it is strengthening the ego in sense. So it's kind of counterproductive for people that are trying to destroy the ego to use psychedelics in a way because it's going to strengthen it, you know. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having a strong ego, a sense of self, because that um, gives you the sense of realization of your place in the world and your other people's place as well. There's positives to that, but there's also negative effects if your ego is super inflated or something like that you know so i mean it's all what you feed it though right like your right. your ego if you're feeding it you know positivity and you're trying to put out positive vibes and continue to learn and educate yourself and um you know like that sort of thing and you even have mindfulness and introspection and meditate and look at yourself from you know occasionally outside the lens of your own body via you know like obviously you could do it with psychedelics or um um you know mind altering substances but you could also meditate i mean you can yeah. do different things some people work out and, and get to that state you know so it's one of those things where um it's it's uh it's something that if you're doing those those you know basic things i think your ego will be fine it's when you start to like oh man i you know i did the, uh, such a great job on this and then you just keep telling yourself the storyline and you don't ever question anything and you just you know and that's how most people um go throughout their day most people don't stop pat and your think. Own back. yeah you pat your own back yeah. and you um you know you just listen to the narrative of maybe a family member or a spouse or something and while that might be positive you know from that standpoint but you get you have to look inwards you know like you can't just rely on what other people are saying you have to take a look at yourself too you know? yeah so, well, um, it's interesting you you brought up like meditation things like that um you know typically people um today that are into the psychedelic movement think that 
um, psychedelics, you know, are the only thing that that change the default mode network or shuts it down, right? Um, that's not true at all. So scientists have been, they've known about the default mode network and its ability to shut down um, for quite a while now. And meditation um, is a way to alter default mode network. You know, it makes sense that the normal way that the brain operates is changed in any way that's essentially default mode network shutting down in, in some way. So, um, and sleep and dreams uh, alter the default mode network as well. So they essentially shut it down too. It's just not as extre as extreme that you know psychedelics do that, um, and and you're usually awake and fully aware when that happens too. So all those things that you were talking about, like meditation, you know, are essentially doing the same thing. They're slightly different too, but they are altering the default mode network and allowing you to strengthen your sense of self as well through that process in some way. So uh, let's jump in now to the main topic. Um, you know, the episode's called psilocybin versus <laughs> depression. So yeah, I've, um, I've had my own, you know, issues. So my, I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it. I'll give you the full story right now quick, and then we'll jump into it. Um, I was never really a nervous kid. I had a pretty good life early on in my life. And then even till I got to college and then college came around and I really didn't do anything but party. Um, and then um, moved to Chicago. Um, from there, what happened was something I was just living my life, working, doing my thing. Everything was great. Um, and then one day, I think I was late 23 or early early 24 uh something clicked in my brain um that i can't really i mean i i have ideas of what triggered it or, you know there's obviously some sort of trigger at some point but um i don't think it was a chemical thing or anything like that i just think it was a thought that i had that just manifested into further thoughts so um i'm like what's going on i just kept having these obsessive thoughts and compulsions and obviously that's what ocd is so you know i went and saw a bunch of different people psychologists psychiatrists um and i was told yeah you've got ocd and there's actually different types of ocd there's obsessive thoughts where you just think obsessive things there's obsessive compulsive disorder you know the main one where you have a compulsion to do something too whether it's wash your hands or clean or organize or whatever it is um so I had a few different things going on there. And I also had depression because, um, like I said, I had a pretty nice run until that point. And then all of a sudden, it's like your whole world's flipped upside down. Like, what do I do? Um, and it definitely took me to some dark places. Um, so for about four years, I tried to um, just do what they said, which was take these conventional medicines, these SSRIs, Zoloft. I tried for a while, then I tried Lexapro, Wellbutrin. They all, all of them had different side effects that I just didn't like in different ways. Um, but they also just kept me streamlined. They're like there was no up or severe down. It was just streamlined, mixed with still continually having this you know, the stigma in your brain of constantly thinking, you know, my, for me, it was like germ phobe. Like I, you know, is, am I going to get the flu if I eat this burrito or, you know, like stuff like that. So, um, I, what happened was, um, 
I had stopped smoking for a while too. Like earlier in my life, I'd we'd I had smoked a lot of uh, cannabis, and um, probably from the time I was in high school till the time I was, you know, but it was fine until that point. Like I said, I don't think that was any sort of trigger or anything. Like I never had any issue with that, but I stopped doing it while I was going through this stuff because my mind was somewhere else and some of these drugs make you not want to do certain things that you used to do or whatever the case may be. Um, so I just went through the regimens of what was prescribed, went to CBT therapy, cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy, which helps a lot of people, but none of this stuff was really helping me like to the point where like my family's like, I don't know, you know, like there's nothing we can do basically, you know, pretty much not you're on your own, but you know, we've taken you and done everything. It's just something that, you know, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking at the time, but I know that I was thinking, man, I, I might not ever feel normal again. So, um, from there, I, one of my buddies called me up one day. He's like, Hey, I got some really good weed. You want to come over and smoke or whatever? So I went over there. We, we smoked. It was this purple kush. It was unbelievable. I know it sounds cliche, but it, it was real purple kush and it was, it was phenomenal. It was the, some of the stinkiest shit to this day. Um, so I go over there. We smoke. Um, I hadn't smoked in a long time, and I immediately started to feel like calm and better and like more centered. And it was something that I haven't felt in a while. I wasn't, you know, meditating. I wasn't doing anything because I was so depressed and so caught up in whatever this thing was. Um, from there. I thought, well, if weed helped me, I've taken psychedelics in the past, you know, when I was younger, maybe there's something there, just some sort of like, cause I, I the feel, like I said before, the feeling you get when you come down off of a, a mushroom trip is like this, like, um, you have this pure feeling like you're reset, you're, you're, you've got a new purpose, you've got a new outlook, you know? So um, from there, I, I did try that, and it had huge immediate effects. Now, I will say this: I'm not saying I'm not suggesting anybody takes psychedelics. If you have mental issues, you know you should definitely talk to a doctor first. Some people can take some of these substances, and it can turn into schizophrenia or different things. So it's definitely something you should be careful about. But for somebody that's on their last, you know, like try or effort to to get this stuff figured out, because I know there's. I mean, I'm on Facebook OCD pay or OCD forums and Reddit and stuff. These people, you know, like I, I'm fortunate compared to some of the people that I see having issues and stuff like that too. So well, people have it worse and people have it better. You oh know? well, no, I mean, but there's a lot of people that feel like hopeless, you know. So it's one of those diseases yeah. where it's not even like depression, like oh poor me, because it's that mixed with <clears throat> if I don't wash my hand, I'm going to die, or if I don't step over this crack i'm gonna die like people really think these things and and i do understand it from having gone through it myself so um but i think that so back to my story so i i asked my buddy i'm like hey can you get this so um one of my other buddies that i called that i knew got me some stuff some some psilocybin and uh i ate the mushrooms and the next day i felt better than i had um, probably since before I had OCD, but it, it wasn't like a complete back to that point. It was just like, Hey, here's a glimpse of what you can get back to, but it's almost like a new path that you take in your brain. You know, like it's this, you're traveling down for so long down this one highway and all of a sudden you have to take this detour. So that's kind of what was going on in my brain. Um, so finally what I realized was, is 
you know, it's not something that you do every day, but once in a while you can kind of break the, this, um, thing, you know, like for, in my head, it was always like, wash your hands or make sure you do this or make sure you do that. And it's just this like cycle. It's almost like when I, when people say, oh, it's chemical imbalance and you got to take your medicine. Eh. I mean, we'll, we'll see where science goes with this because there's no real solution. There's no magical cure or else you wouldn't see all these people struggling well, you um, have to change your life up you know you got to make well exactly so so what i realized from there was this was just um you know taking the cap off the bottles so to speak right. to allow me to do the work that i needed to do on myself you know it wasn't like the magical cure or the magical pill or whatever it was this this vehicle for me to explore my mind in a different way and understand what's going on so I can get myself out of this. It's like a mind loop when I, yeah. if I were to describe it, it's for OCD. It's like this thing. It's this repetitive thing that you tell yourself this, like it's subconscious um, pattern. Um, and you just need to like get in there, figure out why you're doing it. What was the initial trigger or thought? And from there you need to figure out, okay, so this is what makes me feel this way. What am I going to do about it? And then you, you know, if it's something, you know, for most people it is irrational. So if you can keep telling yourself that's irrational, that's irrational, you know, it, that helps a lot too. So yeah, that's just my basic story. And here I am today. I mean, I still have OCD, but I kind of use it for um, positive things, work related things and creative yeah. things and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a very complex um, conversation. Um, you know, we can only speak, I think, you and I from our own personal experiences. I didn't. I don't really have OCD, uh, at least not, you know, like any doctor saying I have that or anything. But I definitely have, like, tendencies to do, do certain things um, as well. And I always kind of had those things. I think majority of people probably have um, repeatable patterns that they kind of notice out of the corner of your eye and be like mm, that's a little strange you know like why do i do that all the time but um you know but most people don't have it severe enough i'd say to be causing problems but um you know the more that we learn about the human body today um the more we realize that it's kind of like one whole unit in a way and um you know i've always found it fascinating that um you know people will prescribe SSRIs and things like that to a person that has depression um, without looking at the stomach um, before they do that because most of the serotonin in your system is produced in the stomach. Um, and um, you know, there's documentaries that are 10 years old talking about um, the brain, the second brain of a human being being the stomach. Um, they found that the intestinal lining is the equivalent of a dog's brain in size and could contain consciousness up to you know at least um at the level of a dog if not greater you know um i mean what is the intelligence of a dog we don't even know you know um let alone a human brain so in that sense it's like um should we be looking at the stomach for people that are depressed i think that that's absolutely yes because maybe they're eating something maybe there's something in there that's causing problems um, additionally, on top of that, um, if you read like ancient yogi texts and stuff like that, they talk about the stomach actually being this, um, the unconscious. They, they even go as far as saying that the, the stomach is God. So in, um, 
if we take that in a sense of maybe they were onto something um, and we apply Jungian psychology to that, then the unconscious is um, in a way trying to communicate desires just like the brain is trying to, and the conscious is trying to communicate desires. And so I think it's important to build a communication between the stomach and, you know, and the body um, essentially and the brain together in order to create um, a whole person. So um, we, I mean, modern psychology does understand the concept of the unconscious. We just don't know a lot about it. There's not a lot of evident or information out there. It seems to be very um, just ignored. And our culture today also tends to ignore that aspect of ourself as well. Um, and so it's, I think it's important to really um, understand that there is a, there is a side of human beings that is that we're unaware of. So like I, I have a side of me that I'm completely unaware of. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible for me to be aware of it because it's unconscious. It's I'm incapable of being aware of it. So if, if it be, if I do become aware of it, then it, that's because the unconscious has allowed me to know that information, to be aware of it. So, um, Young talked about like active imagination and dreams, a way for the unconscious to express itself and for us to recognize those things. I would say psychedelics are also on that same level and I, because um, active imagination is a form of meditation as well as dreams is a form of dreaming, obviously, and it allows for the default mode network to shut down in some ways. So psychedelics probably do the same thing, just in a much more powerful way. So. I think what is happening on one aspect is this, um, it's building a bridge between, you could say the stomach and the brain um, in a weird way, or the unconscious in the brain, if that's what it is. And they're able to communicate um, in a different level than they typically are and, and understand each other in, a, um, in an easier way than typically there is. So um, I think a lot of, um, you know, I mean, in your description of like your your OCD uh, tendencies, you were unaware of why you wanted to do those things. That you know, to me, is it initially, initially, I did. right? And then you built a, you started listening to some maybe some of the reasons why you have these tendencies. They may not actually be um, the tendencies themselves. It may be an underlying mechanism or underlying desire that causes you to do those tendencies, but really like that's the outcome is your your miscommunication of these desires and then that's the outcome of it so from using psychedelics or meditating or anything like that some of those um unconscious desires may be communicated and then you can work through those or even um you don't have to be aware of those um that communication either like Jung talked about um, dreams not having to be understood as long as you have the dream you're actually processing the experience you're you're um, communicating so you don't have to actually understand in that sense the psychedelic experience either you can have the experience and through the experience itself the images that you see and um you know it's the chaos that you're experiencing in the situation sometimes scary you know sometimes great or whatever through that experience there's a communication happening that you may not fully understand but the communication is the the point so um that's the healing process you know um that's one aspect of it another thing that um i often think about is 
Um, some of these psychedelics also have, you know, certain plants in them, certain fibers, things like that. So like ayahuasca is high in tannins, which is um, extremely useful for as a purgative. Um, it can kill bacteria, it can kill parasites, things like that. So in South America, um, they used ayahuasca to kill parasites, actually, and they used it as a purgative, and they often purge um, sometimes daily, not just using ayahuasca, but other stuff like tobacco and things like that. So it's just a you know ancient way of killing bacteria and parasites in the body. So if we think about like people being possessed by um, demons and things like that, and using purgatives to get rid of them, you could say that maybe um, on some sense, these people have some type of bacteria in their system. Um, they have a parasite inside of them and they're using these um, plants and medicines to actually purge them out, to get rid of them out of their body, to kill them off so that they can become healed. So I think that has something to do with it as well um, because some, you know, the stomach is upset, something's happening in there. And maybe these, um, you know, these bacteria and parasites and things like that can actually communicate in a way to us through chemical signals, just like gut flora does as well. Like um, scientists know today that gut flora can control um, how much food we desire, certain types yeah. of foods. Like sugar um, and stuff, yeah. Exactly. So like yeast in the, in the gut, if you drink beer a lot, you start um, trying to stop drinking beer or eating bread and things like that, the yeast will start dying and excreting chemicals to, you know, to motivate you to eat um, bread and drink beer again and eat sugar. Bastards. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the result of that, you know, like if anybody like myself has gone through like sugar withdrawals or anything like that oh, from yeah. trying to stop, uh, it's pretty similar to depression. You know, you get, and also you get extremely angry. So, <laughs> um, you know, so considering that it's like there, this is a huge thing, you know, like, um, this isn't just a chemical in the brain causing you to be down, you know, this is like the entire body, something's wrong. Um, and there, are, I think there are ways, many ways to fix it, not just taking in a, one drug, you know, um, I think psychedelics can help, you know, they can help people in in some in certain cases and they may be more helpful in um you know more cases than just maybe some typical pharmaceutical drugs that we use today but there's more to a psychedelic than just the chemical inside of it there's you know like mushrooms and stuff like that you know, if you take mushrooms the it's not i don't think it's just psilocybin that's helping you know the body heal it could be the actual mushroom, the mycelium and things like that, that is right. helping the gut and the brain and all this stuff. But I, I think mean, with, we, with mushrooms, you nailed it though. Cause I think, um, when you were talking about the gut and everything mushrooms, um, I believe they're broken down and obviously the liver and then 50% of that gets broken down into psilocin, which is the active, you know, chemical. And, uh, and then it filters down into your serotonin receptors, and what are which are the I think it's the, um, uh, the agonist um, to the the five HT uh, receptors. So from there, you know, it's basically acting as a medicine for that specific thing. And like you said, we know um, through people that do ayahuasca that you need need the uh, 
um, uh, amino oxidase um, to break down the, you know, so I, I think it's the same thing though with mushrooms. I believe if you take that, if you had some sort of uh, mono, what's, how do you say that? What is yeah, it? Yeah, MAOIs. MAOI. If you have an MAOI while you're on psilocybin, it acts the same way. Well, it will lengthen and increase yeah. your trip. So, um, obviously, you know, and I'm sure these pharmaceutical drugs are doing that on a chemical level, but maybe there's something to our evolution. Obviously, these things were maybe used in ancient times for some of the things that we're talking about. Maybe ancient people got depressed and maybe they yeah. ate mushrooms or maybe, maybe. Ancient, you know, maybe. <laughs> Why not? Mushrooms are found all over the world in some of the earliest cave art that we have, and you know, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to, to pick psilocybin mushrooms. If you take uh, 5 HTP, or I mean, not 5 HTP, uh, St. John's Wort, St. John's Wort is a mild MUI, and it, um, you know, people have used that for helping with depression or depressed thoughts for a long time, too. So, um, you know, it, essentially like uh, ayahuasca combination of the MUI and then, you know, the, the actual um, DMT um, material, and you take the MAOI so it can tr transfer over the blood brain barrier. Um, but, um, you know, the, I always thought the blood brain barrier was like in the brain and stuff like that. You know, like it, it, yeah, stopped. it was in the brain and that's not true. It's actually, um, in the liver, I think, and it, um, allows for certain materials to pass through that. And you can, you can have a faulty default mode network as well, or I mean, uh, default mode, um, def um, blood brain barrier you can have a faulty one because of certain um you know being attacks on your immune system things like that so um you know it's not always like 100 percent on or anything like that but um MUIs like ayahuasca break down that barrier for a period of time and then reactivates it and there's there's different ways to break it down too so um like ayahuasca breaks it down a certain way that um most people don't know about and that's why they have like a strict diet and stuff like that but you could say that it allows for the increase of serotonin to pass through too because the blood brain barrier is down at that time so that may help with depression there, there's just a lot that goes into it really and i don't think that humans are smart enough really um or we have the technology today to really figure out what what's going on we can just observe and be like okay this works you know for some people this works for some other people right but it's it's such a complex problem that i don't think um there's just one way to fix it or anything like that i think well yeah if, that's why you should never poo poo any idea you never know yeah exactly and don't but don't you think too um what you were saying before about how um every obviously we're all different and in, in you know, every option should be on the table, but don't, isn't that the case here? Like for a long time, psychedelics weren't on the table. Yeah. So maybe there's this whole subset of people that would respond better to something natural that has some sort of, you know, like we were just talking about, you know, it's processed psychedelics are processed in the liver, yeah. uh, psilocybin specifically, um, gets broken down and 50%, you know, like you were just saying too, about all the, the receptors and the gut and everything. And, um, you know, so I think that there's something to that, you know, that, that we just don't understand. Obviously, we don't even understand consciousness, but we do understand some of the functions of the effects of certain chemicals and everything on our brain and our body and everything. So um, I think that's why you're seeing 
the psychedelic boom is because I think people are recognizing um, maybe Zoloft doesn't work for everybody or maybe Lexapro or uh, whatever somebody's taking, you know, but and there are nasty side effects with that. What's the nasty side effect of most psychedelics? I mean, I guess if you're not getting clean stuff or, you know, I mean, mushrooms are hard to mess with. Um, I guess you, I mean, obviously you gotta be careful, you know what you're taking, but in terms of like other stuff, you know, if it's a powder or, you know, if it's like a, you know, MDMA or ketamine or something like that, you don't always know what you're doing. So that's why they sell these test kits, which I recommend if anybody's going to do anything that's like that, that you definitely do that first because there's all sorts of stuff going around right now. Yeah. I mean, these things do help a lot of people and there are researchers showing that it does help people you know it's effective somebody will take mushrooms um in a controlled environment you know with the therapist and stuff like that and they've been screened and but the outcome is generally that the person is a lot better so um that means it works you know for the in that situation it works and the research shows that it works a lot and it works pretty well so that's great but like people getting stuck into the mechanism that it's what it's doing you know like um first of all you know people want to know that because they want to be able to patent it and they want to be able to sell it in a nice little box and they want to be able to do that make money off of it so that's why a lot of people do the research to find out what the active quote unquote component is you know but i think there's more to it than just this chemical you know or there's more to it than just, um, you know, this drug doing this thing. Like, a, a, for instance, like, um, I, I have used marijuana in the last uh, two years quite extensively and for pain because I have chronic pain. Um, and recently, like in the last couple of months, I've taken a break from it. And um, my pain came back after probably about 10 days. And I didn't realize actually how much pain my body um was in you know because of the marijuana was kind of uh i wouldn't say masking it but it definitely reduced the pain level and um so i i was like well you know like i need to take it because it's it's helping me well um uh i was having stomach issues too at the same time in the last couple of years and i was like well um magnesium you know shows to help people with stomach issues so um started taking magnesium and and then i stopped using the marijuana and my pain never came back uh so i would say it's the equivalent of using the marijuana so if you look at the magnesium i mean magnesium doesn't it do it has like four or five hundred functions in the body yeah yeah so i mean um why was the marijuana helping me well um gaba is um very involved with marijuana and the release of gaba and gaba is a um it's a, it depresses the, it, or um, makes the nervous system quiet down. And so um, magnesium also has effects on it. So maybe, you know, those two are linked together for that reason. And that's why it's helping people with pain management. But like, do they need marijuana or can they take mag- magnesium? What is the problem? What is the mechanism here that's helping people? And obviously there's a lot more into marijuana than just that too. It's, you know, it's a plant that has many chemicals in it. Um, so it's not just magnesium that, you know, is taking place in here or GABA or anything like that, but, you know, it's, a, it's super complex, but, um, there's many things that are taking place in order for people to have, um, psychological issues. And, 
Um, you, I think you can approach it in many different ways to have different results, some better than others. Um, that's why SSRIs do help some people, not all people. And, um, you know, and other uh, pharmaceutical drugs do help some people, not all people. And that's why um, placebo works for some people and not all people, you know. So there's a lot of things taking place and, and they're very different. I think the, the best, best thing for people is to read as much as they can, you know, inform themselves as much as they can on the subject and then decide for themselves, you know, with the help of a doctor, if they choose to do that, to have the best um, choices in front of them and not just count on one thing to save them, you know, like try something. If it doesn't help them, try something else, you know, and try to figure out what's best for them instead of um, just relying on other people's experiences and saying, that's what I'm going to get. You know, I'm going right. to, I'm going to take a mushroom. I'm going to have an amazing experience. And from that, I'm going to be healed by spiritual entities. You know, <laughs> I, that's not, that's not how it works here. It's, um, it's much more complex than that. And, um, it may heal you, you know, you may see spirits or whatever, but, um, I think there's more going on than, than just that simple, uh, recipe. What about you, Maurice? Have you ever had any sort of positive benefits from ever doing any psychedelics, whether it's insights or just, you know? Um, I mean, I haven't done mushrooms. Uh, I've probably only done it like three or four times, but uh, marijuana, I've had some positive effects. I don't know if you're going to put that in that same category or not, but. Yeah, what what, what, what kind of effects? Uh, just, you know, the same some of the same stuff that you were mentioning. I you know, had some depression issues and things like that, that, uh, I just think that when you smoke some, when you smoke bud, I think it just kind of like lets your mind kind of be at ease and it isn't so ramped up. I mean, you know me, I'm a very in your face person. So if I can take something that'll help me or chill out, I think, uh, I think it's a, it's a good thing for me. Everything in moderation, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm a big proponent of, you know, just getting all your stuff <clears throat> the normal stuff down, like you were saying, eating right, getting that bacteria in your stomach aligned, uh, sleeping well. I work out a lot, and for me, that that those those things keep my body uh, where I need it to be. So, if you do, if I do ever have a problem where I get out of whack, you know, I I, I think the the, the bud kind of is all I need. But I I'm not a I'm not against any of that kind of stuff. I think mushrooms have been proven to help treat people with uh depression um now you say it's more of a placebo thing i you know i i don't know i don't know what the science yeah but from your personal like afterwards like after you've done you've had one of these experiences what was your mindset because i'm curious because like um if you remember what you felt like like the next day or like reflecting on it like do you do you know what you were thinking or what was going on there. Cause I want I like to know from people's personal experiences, what, you know, cause I, like I said, I have this feeling when I do it, you know, if I do it, that the next day is just, it's, it's like this like reset, like refresh, almost like I just slept for a thousand years and woke <laughs> up from this like long slumber, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, so, so I was just curious if you had any, if you rem can remember any like time that you did it and you're like, wow, that was, crazy and like think back on it fondly for whatever reason the first time i did it i remember being uh i felt more connected with the people i did it with 
And I, uh, I also wrote a pretty good paper for school. I don't know if that helped me with the insights on that or anything, but that's the other times I've taken it. I'm not going to lie. I was partying. I was drinking. The next day, I wasn't in a great state of mind. So I couldn't tell you if it, I felt that or not. You know what I'm saying? It's more of a, right. a combination of drinking and all that kind of stuff going on. I haven't done it as much as, as you have. So I, my input right. isn't as great. But No, yeah, I was just know, curious. Yeah. I do, I do vaguely remember though, you know, when I did it back in high school, waking up on that Sunday and just having a, having a good outlook. And like I said, I felt a little more connected with the people I did it with. So I think that's important too, is, you know, some of these, you know, whether you're going to an ayahuasca retreat or some sort of ceremony, I think, you know, if you look at, uh, from watching most of the episodes that Hamilton's pharmacopoeia show, it seems like he goes through all whatever the you know if he's going to south america or you know he went to ayahuasca retreat or he goes to um mexico for uh maria sabina style ceremony or these different um you know plant medicines whether it's saint, saint pedro or whatever he becomes a shaman in the one episode or they knight him a shaman and he's goes through the whole process but what what i noticed from him doing he says he even admits it that it's like a better trip um when you go through it's like a cleansing or it's like a spiritual experience when you do it the way that these indigenous people have done it forever you know so um i think it's partly what you're talking about about the um the like um coming togetherness yeah well not, not even it's 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 with people obviously that's part of it and i think it's connecting to those other people but i also think it's this other thing that uh there's something more going on that you just don't we just don't understand yet so when you look at it from that aspect why wouldn't somebody that's been doing it forever that has this routine that seems to help people like you know it just makes sense that that would further enhance the experience you know so yeah um but what what was your you know have you ever done it um with other people in, in the setting of a, a ceremony are you asking me yeah oh yeah yeah um i mean i've done uh peyote with um in a group setting with like ceremony and stuff like that and it was definitely much more powerful um but i mean from doing it by myself um quite a bit and, or with a friend versus in a ceremony um i can kind of i can see the differences you know um what i would say is that um i agree um with dr strassman that psychedelics are super placebos and most people take that as thinking that um when they hear placebo they think oh it's just you know it's just fake it, it's just right. fake. that's all it is it's fake that's not what a placebo is. A placebo um, in medication works roughly about 80% of the time. So um, because our experience is all in our head, you could say, or maybe combined between our stomach and our head, you know, um, the experience is internal, okay? So everything that you and I are experiencing right now are being is experienced inside of us um, before we realize that it's being experienced. So. In that sense, um, our reality is simulated inside of us before we actually experience it. Placebo is the belief system that something is going to work, you know. Um, 
a super placebo means that you really believe it's going to work. It's really going to change you. It's going to have an effect. You believe it's going to, and it actually does because the, the, our brains are perceiving reality and it's changing the reality that we perceive by belief. So like if you, I'm sure you guys know about like magic and ancient magic and actually what they were doing and stuff like that. And your listeners probably know some about that. Right, right. It is um, ancient magic is a belief system. It's 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 doing a um, a ritual to manifest beliefs. So you're essentially changing your internal reality to change your perception of the out external reality. Um, so doing a ceremony with a group of people and acting a certain way is it most definitely is increasing your ability to believe that something will happen, that some, you will get a result from it. And then, and you wouldn't even have to take the psychedelic in that setting to have some effect from it. Just being around the people, um, doing the ceremony would be, uh, beneficial to you, you know, but doing the psychedelic is obviously going to even amplify that system even more. So, you know, like, um, people will get into the concept of like spirits and stuff like that in that group too. I would say that that is not entirely false either. I would say that um, spirits, you know, could exist um, and the, or, you know, some type of external energy is helping you or assisting you or whatever. It, it, but it also affects you internally too. So like, uh, if you ever heard like the, I hope I don't mess it up. Like, so above, as below, you know. Yeah, as, as above. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's talking. It's really talking about if you do an if you do work internally, it's going to come out externally. And external also does work internally. So like spirits, um, spirits do exist. You know, in in psychological terms, spirits do exist. They're called archetypes, and they live inside of our um, inside of us. You know, they live in our psyche and under collective unconscious. So, right. Um, and Jung didn't even know how far that went. He, he didn't know how the extents that the collective unconscious existed. It could be, you know, beyond anything that we have ever understood into the realm of spirits and so on. You know, he, he, he just pretty much said, I don't know. So in that sense, you know, and he's like one of the founding fathers of like modern psychology. So it's like, um, you know, whatever you do internally is affecting externally and and spirits and stuff like that you know very well could affect you internally too so i don't know you know i don't no one no one knows you could you could talk to shamans in south america or wherever and they'll tell you oh you know i see spirits and they help me the doctors come or whatever and all these experiences you know and then you go um have the experience and you see these things or whatever and and you understand western medicine and psychology and you're like oh these are these are Jungian archetypes that I'm experiencing internally in me. And, and, and they're like, yeah, those are the doctors, you know, they're the same thing. Um, but they have a different name for them. They have a different way of describing them. They're just different. They're two different maps for the same thing. And so, um, I guess what I'm getting to is that placebos, you know, doesn't mean bad. It doesn't mean just belief system or whatever. It means it's, it's like a super belief. It, it, it does affect you. It's magic. That's, that's what it is. It's it's psychology, really, you know. But just from like a a science standpoint, really quick, we do know though when you ingest 
psilocybin and other substances. But when you ingest psilocybin, that, like I said, it breaks down. We know what it breaks down to percentage-wise in your body and in the liver. And then part of it's going here and then part of it's excreted through your, you know, your excretion process. But um, we know that those are hitting the serotonin receptors in your, so is, is, so I know what you're saying about the, um, you know, the super placebo, but aren't, isn't that a, a, a physical reaction that's taking place though, too? Um, if you had somebody take a placebo, they will have physical reactions as well. But what I'm saying is if, 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 if I, if I ate eight grams of mushrooms, okay, yeah. it's like hypothetically and somebody else didn't and they were next to me they might yeah they might feel something or they might get weirded out by the fact that i'm all weird or whatever but you can't you can't i think you're <laughs> misunderstanding what i mean by no I, I get what you're saying like what by placebo but i'm just saying like in terms of it, it could help i understand that but i'm saying um you know you're saying psychedelics are a super placebo but you believe that they're going to work and it's like some sort of magic that you're tricking your brain that this is going to happen. But I'm saying, isn't there still the physical reaction? Like if I, if I, I've never done DMT, but I can only imagine if I took two hits off of the most potent DMT or five MEO DMT that I'm going to be in a different world. No questions asked. It's not even, you know, as opposed to the guy standing next to me, that's helping me and I'm in a different world and he's not, if that makes sense. Right. Well, I mean, um, you are taking a chemical it's altering your default mode network and right, shutting down right. parts of your brain that control memory reason logic um sense of self identity time and from that experience you can you could pretty much believe anything that comes to you at that point like um you're essentially like super hypnotizable at that point like weed absolutely hypnotizes people like it um it has been proven over and over again that people are in the same state of mind of deep hypnosis when they smoke marijuana so um they're very susceptible to hypnosis or to be um motivated in a certain way at that point so they are affecting the belief system at that point just like psilocybin and other hallucinogens are it doesn't mean that they don't affect you chemically but it also makes it so you're super super susceptible to belief and change. I gotcha. That's what I mean, and that's what oh. Dr. Strassman means. He he knows that DMT causes. Well, if anybody knows, effects. he does. He was injecting this yes. in the people's arms. Yeah. So. He knows that it causes hey. real physical effects, but the the outcome of it is a belief system that you can change. You can be altered. The communication between the unconscious and the conscious can happen. It's a that's. I think people have a misunderstanding of what placebo is or even just magic. You know, like we degrade the, the word magic, you know, like you were like, it's just magic, you know, like it just happens. Well, magic is a placebo. That's the whole thing. And placebo is effective 80% of the time in modern uh, science, you know? Well, the, I think it's, it's, it's real. It's realized, you know, the, the difference between physical magic and like um, ritual or... Right, yeah. Um, like what you're talking about, like ancient I mean, praying, essentially, is what you're saying. Yes, yeah, praying's a form of magic as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, prayer does work. It does affect people. It affects you chemically. You know. Well, even if nobody's hearing you, wouldn't you agree that just you saying that in your head or out loud is is it's almost like, um, you know, like meditation. You know, um, 
from a certain standpoint, obviously you're not taking the same steps, but kind of similar results. You're reflecting. Some people will like confess in their own head, like they're at a confessional. Some people will talk to what they perceive as God or just life energy force or whatever and it makes them feel better you know whether there's something external or not that action in itself is helping you you know so when people say oh you're praying well it makes people feel better and if they feel better isn't that all that matters you know so well let's just say um let's say that you pray right and you're internally saying something or audibly saying something and you're hearing yourself right you're you're you can hear yourself regardless if you're out you're saying out loud or internal and other people may hear you too and like get um feedback from that as well so you somebody hears you saying prayer well that internal dialogue that you're having through the prayer and the desire and things like that is being heard by you right so let's just say your stomach is um the unconscious well you neurologically your stomach is hearing your desires and your communication through prayer you're in a meditative state so your default mode network is, is slightly altered and shut down enough that maybe there is some type of communication happening there and your stomach or maybe another part of your body that is this unconscious part is hearing you and it's communicating and you're building dialogue and taking that another step further maybe the stomach you know as strange as it sounds is um a link to the divine in some sense or something like that and it has it extends past the human body it extends into something that we just don't understand even the brain maybe it does so something is hearing you regardless if it's internal or in another you know spiritual dimension or something like that right i I don't i don't take that away i don't know what the effect is but it does do stuff you well know? there is something like gut feeling like that's yeah. a term for a reason like yeah you have feelings and thoughts coming from your gut you know whether it's you know um connected to the reptilian part of your brain in terms of the primitive just you know action with that i think we've all done that where we're driving on the road you need days out you don't like yeah. fall asleep but you days out for a second you don't even realize that you're driving and the reptilian part of your the primitive part of your brain is taking over and you're doing actions that you're not even conscious of. So. Yeah, my uh, my mom went to Papua New Guinea as a um, uh, for her um, she did a missionary trip there, and she visited people that have never really encountered humans, you know, modern humans at all, or anything like that, or religion or anything like that. And the the missionaries would talk to them, you know, and say, you know, do you believe in Jesus and all this stuff, and trying to try to really communicate what Jesus is and everything. And they're like, yeah, you know, like I have Jesus. And they're like, oh, you have Jesus? You know Jesus? And they're like, yeah, he's in my stomach. You know, <laughs> they would say he's my gut. Yeah. And that was their God. So, you know, like they knew without anybody telling them or anything like that, that something important was happening in their stomach and they were listening to it. You know, that's right. gut feeling. This concept of gut feeling comes from something, you know? So, well, like you said, I mean, we got these billions of other organisms, like, people that have a leaky gut or whatever, like they're literally being controlled by this thing in their stomach saying, Hey, eat this. I need this right now. So it's this thing that you as as smart as you are, or as if you, you think your brain is the intelligent <laughs> aspect of your personality is being overcome by this urge of this thing. That's not even in your brain, you know? So yeah, man. there's a uh, universe inside of us. And exactly. I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah. Chew on that. Um, but uh, I wanted to also talk about, um, you know, this other thing you've been working on, which oh, yeah. I, I, I joined the other day. Um, 
why don't you talk a little bit about that? So it's a side project that me and a group of people are working on pretty much. Um, we're calling it DMT World, and it's essentially um, a way for people to communicate. Um, it's not like um, it's not like Facebook. It's not like a forum. It's not like um, Earlwood or anything like that. I would say it's a combination of all those together. It's a place for people to get information, to share information, to share artwork, videos, music, stories, uh, research. Um, there's a place for groups, things like that. You can make your own group. You can, um, you know, communicate. You have a feed. You can talk to people. You can comment on their stuff. Essentially, like a Facebook in that sense. Um, but it's off Facebook. You know. I think there's a, a weird thing where people think that Facebook is safe, you know, for hey, this type of information. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it's really not. And it's kind of a um, concern of mine that people share so much information on Facebook in that way when they don't really understand, like, the first of all, like other people reading their stuff, um, not just Facebook, but like your, you know, if, it's not really appropriate for your yeah, like friends job. and family and co-workers yeah. and that kind you of stuff. read something about you posting something about mushrooms you know and right. even yeah. though like i think how ridiculous that is that anyone would care you know about your but mushrooms is the one that because look at what they're doing with uh you know in california i think in colorado yeah. they're trying to legalize it i mean yeah but i mean like even uh i'm a small business owner so if i had yeah, yeah sure. it every night you know i'd be like mm, i don't know you know and i'm all about mushrooms you know right right so right. um it's just so i'm trying to make a more safe space i hate to use that word yeah, but safe haven. Safe, yeah, <laughs> safe haven for people to express their their really their desires you know and mm -hmm. in, in a respectful way to not only each other but hopefully to themselves as well. So we're not promoting like abuse of any substances or anything like that. But, um, you know, there's countries that this stuff is legal um, the, to talk about and use. And sure. so they should be able to allow to express themselves. Um, I run a large group on um, Facebook and it, they got temporary banned for. Yeah. I was, was going to ask you about that. If you go to like Facebook and in, in the, the search thing and type in DMT for groups. Yeah. You, the one that you had was the only one that comes up. And then didn't you say you were having issues with that? Yeah. It just, uh, one day I just got banned and I was, it, it had been active for 12 years. And, uh, and then um, one day it just, it just got banned. And I was like, what the heck? Same so thing I, on Instagram. Like DMT does, you, it's gotta be like DMT trip or it's, it's yeah. not just this one thing. So it's weird that they're like, I don't know if it's even censoring, but this thing that's produced in our bodies, we're not even allowed yeah. to like talk about, like get well, the fuck out of here. And then, and then I appealed it and the next day they reinstated it. And that, that pretty much put me to the point where I was like, okay, this is some bullshit, you know, like right. I'm allowing these people, this large organization that's controlled by, you know, who God knows who at this point make decisions of like what I can talk about and can't talk about. And they don't even know like what the hell I'm talking about. They're confused. Right. So I was like, okay, well um, maybe there's a better way of doing this. And it, I think there is, and it's called taking it out of there and making a community where people can kind of um, an actual community where people can communicate and not just spam and do all this stuff, you know, where your mom and dad don't have to read everything that you, you know, it can be right. anonymous and all this. I stuff. mean, I, I gave, I, I don't care anymore. I just figured, Hey, 
this is our show. I'm just going to start yeah. posting stuff everywhere. And, 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 and I mean, I do care in a certain, but it's not like we're doing anything. We're just talking yeah. about these subjects that are important to talk about. And I mean, yeah, there's a decent amount of people talking about them now, but I think it needs to keep growing. Just like what we saw yeah. with the early days of the marijuana movement. Like people are like, Oh, I mean, I can remember being in high school, like thinking, man, pot is never going to become legal. And here we are today <laughs> on the precipice of it becoming, you know, not only, do people usually, I think like I saw a poll, like 75% or 80% of people either don't care or, or smoke yeah. weed themselves. So it's just, yeah. it's, it's ridiculously crazy that we're talking about things that grow from the ground that, um, you know, uh, are natural that can help and heal certain people. Yet we've got people dying from fentanyl, which is a, a man-made um, substance. Not that, yeah. I mean, look, it can be helped it can be used to help people with serious pain and I'm, I'm not debating that, but does it need to be produced on the mass level that it is, <laughs> you know, like Oxycontin too. Like, yeah, there's some people that need it. And then, but you've also created this whole subset of crisis on your hands because of it. So because of lack of control or yeah. whatever, but yeah, I mean, it's just crazy that, that, you know, that there's all this taboo stuff still existing when we know what we know now and we see, the benefits of some of the research but that's awesome that you've created this platform where people can talk about these things and not feel weird or yeah you know. yeah i mean it, um i'm just trying to make it so people have an option to communicate um you know they're what they're interested in uh in a safer spot and where their information isn't tracked like um we don't share people's data with anybody and uh, there's no you know, resell or anything like that. It's free. Um, you can support the community via, by donating if you want. Um, but other than that, you can use the system right now. Um, right now it's in beta right now. So I'm only, uh, we're only allowing a few people to come in and kind of fix the system, test it out, kind of build the, the information in there. So people have something um, to read and um, a way of actually like kind of understanding what information they want to post and where to post and stuff like that before now uh, we're developing apps for the system too so you can use android or you can use uh your apple um, devices and you'll be able to connect and uh just making it so that people have the option to to express themselves in a, in a safer way than um facebook you know so mm. it just seems bizarre that we don't have that already today um and probably a lot of people are scared to do something like that but um you know well, I think, I think the danger lies, better. though, the danger lies in, like, you know, like, you even see it on Reddit, like, the forums on, like, how to make this shit and where you get it from and, you know, like, all. Oh, I think that's the day. And I'm not saying that that information shouldn't be out there, but I think that's where you have to be very careful because places where things are illegal or laws oh, sure. do differ, you know, and I see people freely. I, I actually don't think there's an issue when people talk about their personal experiences or different things like trip report or whatever like that. I think the danger lies when you see these people like talking about, like I just said, like the other side of it, which is how you get it, how you make it, that kind of stuff, because well, that then, then that leads to pos possibility for um, you open yourself up to people looking at that and, and really taking a, a you know, uh, an interest in what you're saying so um you know i i like i said i mean it's, it's got to come from somewhere so i like I, it's a double-edged sword but yeah. i think what you're talking about makes sense and you need this forum 
for people to just talk about these things and then the rest they can research on their own. I mean, there's tons of YouTube videos where people can figure that stuff out anyways. I don't know why they need to talk about it on all these other Right. I mean, people are going to talk about it anyway. So um, people are going to talk about growing mushrooms or extracting DMT anyway right. on Facebook, which is like not safe for them, regardless <laughs> of um, the legality of it or not. In some countries, doing that stuff is completely legal and um, they should be allowed to do that. And I mean, in America, we should be allowed to talk about it and do it as well. Um, it's your personal choice, but um, because of laws in America, whatever. You can't, you know, some states you can, like uh, Nevada, I think, or um, not Nevada, um, um, can't think of it, um, one of those states anyways, you can grow mushrooms, you know, and it's like, okay, this makes no sense now, even in America, right? Uh, or, you know, you can have the equipment, uh, you can have the materials to make ayahuasca, but then when you mix it together, now it's illegal, um or salvia salvia is legal in most states and it's one of the most powerful hallucinogens that i've ever like encountered yeah and nobody cares about that they try to legalize it in like states like I idaho and stuff like that and never got well, i passed. think the problem was weren't they were making i mean i remember trying it when i was younger the extracts um, the extract from the pipes you used to be able to buy it at pipe stores uh, yeah, or, or glass you stores. Can buy but, it online. You can buy it online today. Right, right, but, but I'm saying back then it was prevalent when we were in high school because kids were like, oh, you got to try this shit out. Yeah. The first time I did it, I'm like, what? It's like 10 seconds. Or it was something like yeah. super, it was like a super short period of time. And it's just the most intense thing. I just remember like repeating like weird <laughs> stuff. Well, yeah. But it's, I don't think it's pleasant. Like I didn't really like it, but I guess, you know, like, um, there's an episode of Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia where he goes down and does like the actual ceremony where he's eating the leaves. Yeah. And it's yeah. something about how your saliva mixes with the leaf. Like it yeah. interacts better than the first time he tried, he tried like the blended up juice of it and it didn't do anything. But then when he like sucked and chewed on the leaves, yeah. it, 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 it had an effect. So that, that, to be honest with you, that's how I feel about psilocybin sometimes though, too. I feel like if you make tea or something like that, sometimes I don't, you know when i was younger i wouldn't get the same effect as just like chewing and sucking on the the caps and then ingesting well, yeah. pulverize anything when they say you know fruit is best consumed as a whole when you start mashing it up you take away all the nutrients yeah yeah well i mean i you know whatever um the whole point though is that people should be able to discuss um whatever they want about psychedelics um if it's legal for them to discuss it you know and for a lot of these people it's legal to discuss it when um they're from the uk or you know some other country or whatever um, yeah. or some states so it's not my place to say oh you can't you know i can't be the facebook uh, police and say no 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 you know i get to choose what is right and wrong here right so um prim primarily uh respecting yourself is one of the biggest rules on there um that's left for interpretation you know for removal if somebody is abusing themselves or using other people in their community sure. but um we're kind of leaving it open to we're leaving it open to discussion but you know people should be allowed to post not and not truly really trying to control people um I'm, I'm beyond that so um yeah so if you go to um dmt uh, world.net right now um you can sign up on the uh, subscription which will allow you access um, once we release it out of beta and then eventually you'll be able to um, sign on from there and get um, the apps so you don't have to go through the website either. You can use your phones and stuff.
we'll put the link we'll put the link in the description too um oh, yeah. but yeah i mean that's that's uh that's great that you you did that i definitely have already signed up so i look forward cool. to seeing you know what it becomes and it's a cool idea and i think that like that you might said, be it's... the next zuckerberg here <laughs> i don't think so man <laughs> we're, not, we're not trying to my, no. my my good quote from there is we're not trying to be rich we're trying to make a rich community so exactly, exactly. But, uh, three so years later the headline i'm rich bitch. Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> this guy's a billionaire you know and, uh, <laughs> um no that's awesome and thank you for coming on again i yeah, think man, that this, i think i think people need to look into this stuff more especially what they're doing you know people with cancer they're giving psilocybin and the different maps trials and uh ptsd with um the mdma and all sorts of stuff so i think people sh you know if you're interested uh we've got other episodes on this and we also definitely there's youtube's filled with awesome videos on this topic so uh we appreciate you coming on lee and we'll definitely have you back on again cool. and uh oh, yeah. everybody check out dmtworld.net and uh we'll see you next time sounds good cheers Peace. brother cheers